0: Now broadcasting from the next-gen conservative studio in sunny South Florida, bringing you the latest in politics, current events, and pop culture. This is the Whitfield Report with Sam Whitfield.
1: Well, are we live? I sure as heck hope we are. It always takes Rumble. Fuck it, we'll
2: do it live.
1: It always takes Rumble like a second, I've noticed, to like actually say that we're live. Uh after I hit the live button. It's still not instantaneous. Um but you know, it, it's free for all Friday uh kind of a new format for the show where we just kind of talk about whatever
2: so welcome uh everyone uh now just so happened there's a lot to talk about this week and i had to cut early I, I apologize for that to you as well as the audience uh life called uh cut out a little early on the wednesday show well that's uh that's called being a dad
1: <laughs> Well, well well listen max uh, this, this is Mersh from Nightwave Radio and Revenge of the Sis, and uh, what you don't understand, Max, is that your show should come first before everyone else. Yeah, if you yeah. want, if you want it to be a, if you want to be a serious player, if if you want it to be, if you want to be like Dick Masterson, <laughs> the biggest, <laughs> you know, guy in the space. Uh, because we all know that Dick Dick Masterson, like he's a household name, right? Everyone knows who Dick Masterson is. You should want to be more
2: like Dick.
0: I and the funniest thing about that
2: is I had never fucking heard of Dick Masterson. Am I like the only one? No, I, I I never heard of this fucking guy. And then, like, Jim became, like, friends with him, and that's when I first heard of him, but I really didn't listen to his show or anything. I was like, oh, that guy knows Jim or whatever. No, literally. When I finally watched his show, I realized the comedic genius that he is because what he does is he yells into his microphone (laughs)
0: like
2: this. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, the first time I I had. Sam Sam Kinnison called. He wants his bit back. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. honestly honestly the first
1: time i i'd heard of uh dick masterson was when merch was like was was ranting at me and saying you'll never be as big as dick masterson and i'm like
2: who yeah yeah It's funny because I guess he was like a hanger on of Opie and Anthony and then got his own show. If you said Opie and Anthony, most people would know who the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. But I feel like Dick Masterson, it seems like he got into radio during the death of radio and has kind of transitioned into being like an online guy instead, like a podcast guy. And, And... So that's probably why nobody ever heard of him, because like he was on the radio when nobody fucking listened to the radio anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, well, so from what I've been able to gather on Dick Masterson and maybe someone can kind of, you know, fill us both in since we but to me, from what I've been able to be together, uh, Dick Masterson, like, you know, like you said, he started off on radio when radio was basically dying. But then he kind of missed the train of like uh, I mean, this isn't really a good comparison now, but I mean say say well you will, but I mean back in the day, Crowder and you know all the and all those folks, they did have serious caught Cl- 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 in the podcast game, but like Dick missed the train on like getting into like Crowder. Well, it's, it
2: seems like he, he didn't think that the podcast thing was uh, a viable thing. A lot of radio – it's an inside radio thing, I guess. I talk to a lot – still still talk to radio people.
1: and so do they, I. They,
2: they still think – a lot of them still think that one day they're going to come back for particularly talk, right? They, they feel like music is pretty much dead on the radio. Like the only people listening yeah. – people listen to music in their car on the radio – because they didn't bring a CD or something, right? Like nobody really listens to the radio anymore as such. They think that there would be a comeback for it in the talk slash podcast type sector. But, But here's my thing. It's actually just not convenient to listen to the radio anymore. It used to be the most convenient. Now it's only convenient if you're in your car, you can't hook it up to your phone or some shit to play music. And you didn't bring a CD, so you turn the radio on. It's not actually convenient. It's just like a last resort for most people. Or yeah. a lot of people listen to radio in the morning on their way to work because they've done it every day for 40 fucking years. They listen to the same channel. I just don't see a comeback. But at the time in the radio industry, they thought this is a, just a bump in the road you know these podcasters they're not professional people people want that high production level people want to not, another thing is which, which to be which to be fair
1: if i can interject i, I can kind of understand that mindset because back when I, I and i mean i've shared this story with you but back when i started podcasting when i was still in high school living to in denver my goal was to, like, have the podcast as, like, an audition uh, tape almost to, like, get on air on my local radio station in right.
2: Denver. So, well, they had that advantage in polish for the longest time. Yeah. The, ra- the radio would have put on a better show because they are multi-million dollar companies. And they also don't have to deal with the visual aspect. And so radio execs just figured the podcasting thing, it's a niche thing. It's never going to catch on. Now that it has, they're all trying to get in on it. But the other thing, and this you might find interesting, is the kind of mentality towards censorship in the radio industry. And when I say that, I don't mean political censorship like we've been facing. But very base level sense. Like, you can't say fuck. They actually think that the the a wider audience prefers clean content and doesn't want any any vulgarity or any questionable content or anything like that. that's the reason radio became squeaky clean in the 90s is because that did kind of bear out and then they right. they, they, la- they laid back on it in the two th- like they censored more in the, this is something that people don't understand If you don't know the history of radio in this country They censored more base level Like curse words in the 90s Than they did in the 80s or the 70s Because of the rise Of stuff like gangster rap And you know 2 Live Crew And uh some of the more Extreme metal bands of the day Uh, They, they went Whole hog on censorship because the thought Process was That that will alienate Dad with kids, that's going to alienate mom driving her kids to school, soccer practice or whatever. Yeah. They eased back on that in the 2000s. You'll notice that in the from the 2000s forward, they became much more lax on the radio. But the higher ups in radio want it to be like the 90s. They want everything squeaky clean. They don't want their DJs to have political takes, not even safe political takes. They will tell you specifically, yeah, do this ad for the Pride Day, but you're not even really supposed to like hype up Pride Day. You're just like, this is the ad read, right? Or this is the thing that's happening. You're not supposed to weigh in on it. You're not supposed to make jokes about it. You're not supposed to have an opinion on it. And uh, that's what they think sells. And I know that's a little long-winded way to get to it. But at the end of the day, that's why podcasting is become a thing in live streaming and all of this is because people actually want unfiltered to some degree and they're willing to trade the polish for it too one guy with a webcam not even a good webcam can enthrall tens of thousands of listeners that follow everything that they do jim's a perfect example this is a guy that's been using the same gamer headset for like 20 years and yeah so much he doesn't job. have high production values or anything like that and he's super popular
1: well so much so that like that like that old like usb headset mic like that's old. that's like old technology but like the sound that that headset produces like is almost unique to him if that makes any sense yeah well
2: sense. If it works, I'd stick with it, too. I stuck with this mic for quite a long time. But that's what people want. They want unpolished, unfiltered, uncensored. They want people's political opinions. Like, And radio has the exact opposite mentality. And that is why radio is doomed. Radio, as we know it, cannot continue to function the way that they have been. Because the ad model is starting to fall apart because nobody listens to the radio. Well,
1: not well, and then, well, and then the, bar- the barrier to entry to get on to like get on to radio, right? It, you it used to be, and I might be oversimplifying this a little bit, but for a long time, it, it seemed like if you if you had talent and you could put some effort into a show, um you could get on pretty easily. They used to, they even used to have like public access radio,
2: right? Well, that's di- to be fair. That's different. You buy time on there. Yeah. Um, I, I know that's been different, but still I've, like... I've been on public access television and radio way back in the day. If anybody finds that, you know, it'd be hilarious. I'll laugh with you. Cause I was a corny, cringy teenager. However, I will say this, how you used to get into radio was the way I got in is you know a guy <laughs> and then you take an internship, right? And yeah. uh, it sucks as an intern. I was very lucky that the guy who did their 3 a.m. show on Saturdays or whatever had, had quit the company. So as an intern, they put me on the air. And uh, that's how you used to get into it. You know, you'd, you'd intern a little bit so you know how everything works. And one day the boss is like, hey, I got a slot. You're in it and you sink or swim. Now, it's a lot easier to sink or swim at 3 a.m. on a Saturday. But uh, I ended up moving that towards, uh, I've I've told this before, I think on your show even, I quit because of all the censorship and corporatism and went uh, internet radio and found it much more fulfilling. But how do you get into radio then was a Guy internship, right? Or maybe you go to school for it and you take an internship. Either way, you take an internship and move your way up the pecking order if you're talented. Now, first and foremost, you better have a communications degree. They're not even going to look at you for an internship if you don't have a communications degree. Reason being that I think that's a negative is because what they teach in communications now and what they used to teach in radio, very different things. This is why uh, there's so few great radio people on the internet. Jim yeah. might be the closest.
1: Well, okay. Speaking as someone who has both a uh, technical writing communications uh, degree and as someone who, uh, I mean, I've told this story before too. Like, so when I was, I was still 17 at the time and uh there w- there was this there was this local uh like conservative talk station in denver can it's still around um and there was like a there was a conservative like you know conference or something that i went to and i met i met some of the local uh you know radio guys and one of them was uh bill rogan who who did sports for them he did play by play um for like the for the Colorado Avalanche at some point and I got to talking to him and he you know and I told him about like the podcast and, and he was like well you know do you have anything uh you know that you could set, send me and as it turned out like I had a uh I actually had with me a USB like one of those thumb drives with a couple of like MP3, you know, podcast files of my show. Mm. So he, so he listened to that, to them. And like the next morning, because this was like at a hotel over the, over, it was like a three day thing. So I gave it to him on Friday night. He listened to it like that night, I guess came back to me the next day and said, wow, wow. Uh, this is really good. Let me, let me talk to the station manager about you, right? So I'm thinking like, yeah, so I've at least got like an internship or something, you know, after I get out of high school, right? Like I'm going to rush Limbaugh route here. Um, station manager comes over and says, Hey, um, you know, I, I really like your stuff. It's clear that you've got talent. However, um, Salem and this is the other thing thing. they were owned they're owned by Salem radio and he said uh you know Salem's corporate bylines changed a few years ago and now you have to have a communications degree and I'm
2: like and that's not uh, so Salem is I believe now a part of clear channel almost everything is. yeah yeah clear channel is radio at this point and that's why it's dying You know, all the things I said are clear channel decisions that they're making, and um, I try not to be too critical because I have friends that work in the industry still, and uh, yeah, I, so- I don't think it's the worst thing ever. I just think the trajectory that Clear Channel is taking radio down ends with essentially the death of radio as we know it. But yeah, how you get in now is, is you're going to be a guy who's got a communications degree, then you're probably they'll probably want you to have an English degree too, or some other degree as well. And then they'll probably also want experience. And, and it's really tough to get an internship now. And so you still have to know somebody. So you have to know somebody is still the thing, but now you have to know somebody and also have all these qualifications and then still get lucky. Cause there's so many people for some reason, I'm the guy that ran away from radio kicking and screaming in 2004 but for some reason, people still think there's huge career in radio. Let me tell you something: there's not. <laughs> there's not. No, you're not gonna be Rush. You're not gonna be uh, any of these. You're not gonna be Bill O'Reilly. You're not gonna be any of that on the radio. I'm sorry, it's just. Well, no, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna press the button to play the new uh, Nicki Minaj song, and say how much you love it, uh, 14 times a day, and that's your job yeah that's that's your career in radio just so you know you press the button and you play wet ass pussy and you say that's been wet ass pussy on 92.3 KWFM. like that's uh, what you're gonna do that's what you're gonna do you're not gonna be telling jokes right and if you do tell any jokes they're gonna be written for you and they're not only gonna tell you what to say but they're gonna train you before you go into the bit on how to say it they're gonna be like okay so uh when you say knock knock you got to really tone it down okay and then and then the punchline you go out, like they do this shit it, i wish people could experience the bullshit that is modern corporate content creation firsthand the way i have cuz it's really easy to pick it apart and shit on it but the funny yeah. thing is how do you fix some of these problems without tearing the whole fucking thing down i honestly don't know that's uh, specifically with radio i think that radio is missing out on like what could radio be good for in the current year right uh sports right a lot of people go out the house they're they like their sports ball game and they want to watch it but shit happens you can't watch it Sports on the radio, I think people still, people do still listen to that actually.
1: That's pretty much, that's pretty much all I've listened to the radio for anymore. Right. And it, and it's mostly because, and like,
2: there's honestly, no more morning zoos. Like, Dick would have been the tail end of the morning zoo, Opie and Anthony, Howard Stern shit, because they all moved off to other platforms when they started yeah. getting censored. So you're not going to find the good, like, comedic DJ stuff like you would attend 20 years ago. Right. No, no. You're not yeah. gonna find. I mean, Rush is just Rush is not with us anymore. There is nobody as good as him on talk radio. There's a couple people that I like, but I don't listen to them on the radio. I listen one, to them on a podcast. Yeah. Well, one. Well, one. my
1: One of my friends. Uh, it was not uh, Morpheus, but it was actually Blackpill Phil, who uh, is on Twitter. He pops in on the show on occasion. He mm-hmm. sent me after Rush died, and I think this point. I think this uh, is actually a pretty good point that like, if Rush Limbaugh was trying to start out today, he wouldn't be able like. He'd he'd be a podcaster, or like you know, he, or would or they would have never like given an, him another chance on radio.
2: Yeah, he wouldn't have got in. He didn't he doesn't have the qualifications. That that's one. I mean, he yeah. went to school for radio, but that's not a communications degree. That's an old school broadcasting degree, which is like I'm saying, they're very different. All right, what you learn in communications today in college is nothing like what you would have learned in broadcasting in 1970 or whatever. Yeah, and I, and I, well,
1: and I mean, he, he dropped he, I mean, he, he was a college dropout too. you know, so like Right. That was that. Yeah, that would have been it. But like, even if he had, even if he had gotten, you know, like, had, you know, gone through the process, like, he would have gotten fired
2: just being him, and that would have yeah. been it. Yeah. Nowadays, he wouldn't have got past the first broadcast. Uh, he's yeah. the o- he's the only reason there was conservative talk radio, right? Like, he was the only one doing it in the eighties and nineties at all. Yeah. Uh, at least until the late 90s when other people realized that there was a mark I mean the guy was getting 30 to 60 million uh, listeners every day every day now that number's inflated the thing about radio the numbers are kind of inflated because it's one it's an estimate they can't actually tell how many people tuned in but two um, it's it's uh, not everybody that listened to the full show right It's anybody that scanned over the channel as the show was on yeah it you know 60 million people didn't actually listen to the full rush limbaugh show every day but 60 million people were exposed to him for i i forget how long you have to stay on the channel it's like 30 seconds or something like that yeah it was it's something uh it's the same reason i go to fucking bat on youtube and rumble to some degree about their fucking fake view counts Because when you're counting the numbers to show how good your platform is doing, it gets a little dicey. And do I think that all of these platforms fudge their viewer numbers? Yes, 100% I do. Rumble included. Sorry, Rumble, but you kind of do. <laughs> mersh didn't get uh, millions and millions of fucking views, Rumble. Uh, right. Yeah. Oh, wait. You mean you mean to know that you mean to
1: know that we that like well, and I mean that that's the that that's like the that is also the interesting thing because I don't know if I share this with you, but like in the in like one of the last updates, they fixed a lot of the viewer count, and it mm. turns out that like. And it turns out that, contrary to what uh, Shmuel, and you know, in my defense, I kind of got excited about this too. But Shmuel and I both thought that the Kurt Doolittle interview had like 600 views in the first week, right? That was kind of what it was shaping up to be. Mm-hmm. I just went back, and it turns out that like it's only like 300. Still really good just not like what we thought it was it was i guess mm-hmm.
2: so like you
1: know and, and that could
2: have just been like
1: people well, it like down
2: to, it comes down to what is a view right this is just what i was just talking about what yeah. is a view is a view somebody that sits down and watches the whole thing a large portion of it 10 seconds of it like It's hard to say with all of these companies. That's why I say they all fudge the numbers because I think that they do. I'm a subscriber to the dead internet theory that most people that you're talking to are bots. And nothing has come about to dissuade me from that position that you're talking to a lot of people who aren't real. You're looking at a lot of results that are puffed up. One thing you can do is do a Google search on pizza, right? Just pizza, the word pizza. If you do that, it will tell you that there are billions of responses. But if you go through them and you actually turn, you know, go next page, next page, next page, you only get to about 40 pages of responses and then they run out. So it's certainly not 8 billion responses. It's more like 150. Right. Yeah. Shit like that. And, and so when I say the radio, I don't trust their fucking numbers. Either. Television's the same way. You know how they get television ratings? Well, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's all Nielsen. It's people that it's people that have a little fucking box.
2: That, Not anymore. That Not anymore. It used to be in the nineties and early two thousands, they put a box in your house and that's how they could tell. So if you're a Nielsen family, you essentially accounted for like a hundred other families in your vicinity. Right. So, oh, well they're yeah. watching the thing we're going to estimate that this many people is also watching the thing. That's how they used to get them. How they get them now is even worse. Nielsen families don't just get a box anymore. They get a survey. And you fill out the survey and they send you like a hundred bucks. And So your survey accounts for lots and lots more people in your area that probably don't have the same tastes in television as you and uh yeah yeah
1: i was gonna say that's as as my friend uh mortheus likes to say that
2: is sus as fuck well and think uh, about this think about this the demos right The demographics for those that aren't in the lingo of this kind of shit how do they get 18 to 30 how many people um, eight, how many people 18 to 30 do you think sit down and fill out a little booklet about every television show they watched and then do a survey about how much they liked them once a month for a small payment. How many people in that age bracket do you think actually do that?
1: Like maybe 5% if we're being
2: generous. I think 5% is way too generous. The actual number, uh, since it was a leading question, because I do know the answer, is less than 1%. Less than one percent of people between eighteen and thirty are involved in the Nielsen rating system. So then, how are they telling us how many people are watching when they don't? It, it's it's well, not even a representative sample.
1: Well, then that well then that explains why why we're always getting like shitty reality shows like the Kardashians and yes, and whatever this milf manor like reality show. Is because it's that one percent that is so dumb that they that they love all that reality show crap,
2: You're right? They're the one percent dumb enough to waste like hours and hours watching whatever on TV, writing it all down for. I said a hundred bucks, but I bet you that's way too high. I bet you it's like twenty bucks. It used to be five back in the day. It was five dollars, so it can't be that high. Shit. But, well, I mean, if I mean, if I okay. I but boomers, it. just just to contrast, boomers who are the most TV watching demographic. It's about five percent of boomers who fill out the Nielsen stuff. So yeah, this is why TV is catered towards boomers
1: and smart my children. My mother did not own a television. Like she did not have a television set like in her in her home when she was in in her twenties. Uh at all and then like she didn't even get it until she until she moved in with my dad um you know yeah, but that, like, that they... makes
2: that makes her uh an outlier because most boomers were oh raised... yeah no 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 she and i talk about the all the time how she's an outlier yeah most most boomers I, I i put it like this boomers were the first generation to have an imaginary friend in their home that told them they're the most special person on earth from birth and that's the television. And the reason yeah. it told them that they were so special is because that was the demographic they were advertising to. That's why there was so much kids content. And there were commercials in, in the 50s and 60s. They would put commercials for toys, even in the adult shows, because back then they had the sense to know, well, a lot of adults have kids, you know. Um, TV was very fascinating. Uh, well... TV and broadcasting, like it's it's been a, a strange fucking trip through human history well to be honest I do miss seeing
1: cigarette ads in like comic books too that was pre- that was that was pretty fucking best I'm gonna be you know yeah yeah
2: now you know you can't even have a character smoke even if it's part of their character because you can't show it on screen again it's it's this corpo. People don't want to see life as it is, they want to see life idealized. No, that's not true. People relate more to life as it is. Uh, Ma- there's a, no. there's a reason that more people relate to Peter Parker than Clark Kent, right? Not to say that people all hate Superman. That's not the case. A lot of people say they do, but it's not that people hate Superman. It's that Peter Parker is the messy got shit going on can't figure out all his shit real life right versus superman who doesn't the only problem that he really has is not having lois lane find out that he's superman right like he doesn't right. have real problems and so people gravitate toward that's why i said peter parker versus clark kent not spider-man versus superman because right. they they both don't have real life problems when they're in costume. But when they're not in costume, Peter has a lot of real life problems. People like that. It's the same with anything. If you can relate to something like you've been through, or you can, or you know somebody who has, or whatever, it relates to you better than the cookie cutter, clean corporal bullshit. Nobody lives the cookie cutter, clean corporal lifestyle. Nobody. We all like the corporals don't want you to know this, but we all take shits. Big sloppy shits we are human we are fallen we are whatever right we're not beyond what we are you know but we, if you want to try and pretend like this is the clean corporal world where everything's perfect motherfucker, people die at disney world okay <laughs> Like, give me a break come on the happiest place on earth motherfuckers be croaking uh yeah i know that that is true um they don't they don't like it though they fucking if people are like dying on disney this is like a thing they actually take them out of disney so that they don't die at disney if they can help it so silly it's like bro (laughs) people are gonna die you know what i mean a small percentage of people in a situation are gonna fucking die if you have as many people that go to Disneyland every year, Disney World or whatever the fuck, somebody is going to not be in the greatest of health. Some accident is going to happen, right? Shit happens. You know, that's life. And that is why the corpo clean, crisp broadcasting is dying a very horrific death. Whereas podcasting, which is unclean, so to speak it's it's very raw i mean this is about as raw as it gets two guys with a fucking microphone talking shit uh people like that right whether it be joe rogan right like let's not it's let's not even talk politics podcast yeah. people fucking love joe rogan most of the time he ain't talking about politics most of the time he's talking about dude weed and fucking machine elves and all that other fucking crap he's into (laughs) right and people love that shit that ain't clean that ain't corporate it was worth what 200 million dollars to spotify though right well well and that well and that's
1: that's the whole thing too is i think uh you know it's funny that you mentioned like uh this show one of the other things that is appealing about podcasting too is you can mix it you can mix it up you can mix it up too as we've done because like when i was when i started podcasting like you had your political podcast and then you had your sports podcast and then you had your there were all these categories and now with like free form you know we talk a little politics we talk how we've talked about radio just the technicals of it for the past you know
2: uh it's not, it's not even about the technicals it's mostly like radio nostalgia but yeah l- look that's my background right and and uh it's you know important that i can actually share some stuff that people don't know like most people have never been behind the scenes in the music industry at all and like people love that i mean that's why there's there's all these successful like behind the music and shit. people love but it's it's <laughs> It sounds great when you're talking about Aussie sniffing lines of ants, right? It sounds crazy and fantastical when you're talking about like what Motley Crue got up to in the 80s or something. But the the majority of the music industry is boring, is um, grindy, is uh, the the creativity is just sapped right the fuck out of it. This is why most, most artists went indie. The one smart thing is like the music industry side of things. So I've been talking about radio all this time, right? But where do the record labels fall? Well, they have been on the ball. And I don't think people realize it. They have digitized very smartly in one other way. They've they've kind of modernized as well. You see, nowadays, you don't get signed to a major record label anymore. Right? Right. That's not, right. That's not what happens. What happens is, is you start your own record label and then they sub- they they bring it in under their banner. Reason being is all they're going to do is publish your CDs. That's it. Or get your music onto Spotify or whatever. They're not going to, except in rare cases, uh, fund you to make the album. Like you have to do that yourself now uh, for the most part. Unless you're a well-known, like if you're fucking Metallica, Then somebody's going to pay for your fucking recording, right? But if you're an up-and-coming band or rapper or whatever, you have to fucking do that yourself. You have to set up your own tours. You have to create and sell your own merchandise. And they offloaded all of that shit from the record labels onto the individual artists. So even artists... And you might be thinking, oh, that sounds like independent artists, right? But Kanye West isn't an independent artist, right? Eminem isn't an independent artist. Dr. Dre isn't an independent artist. All of them have their own record labels and a distribution deal. That's how the industry works now. And uh, it's smart on their part. And they, th- what they did is they watched all these independent labels where the only thing they really needed was somebody to print their CDs. And at some point in the mid-2000s, they were like, hey, yo, what if we... Uh, print your cds for you you know and they were like that would make things a lot all these indie artists that would make things a lot easier i already know because they missed out on the era where the right record labels did all that shit for you right so it's very diy to get yourself noticed in the music industry now right you have to get word of mouth out there you have to have that viral video you have to have something for them to even pay attention to you right it's uh, that's why so many artists just release their music online. If you ever wondered, there's so many independent artists. Yeah, yeah, and... for for free most of the time, and then they ask you to go buy the full download of the fucking album or whatever. But you can totally stream it on Spotify. They do that because the money's not in the record sales, and it never really was, except for the record label. Right. The well, money's I mean... in touring and merchandise. That's where it's always been. Yeah,
1: well, and and now, like, I I have a I have a lady friend who I I went to high school with. Who, um, she is. She's now like a she's now an she's an indie artist. She's uh, an indie country artist, and she releases all of her songs as singles. Yeah, and I. And I actually talked to her. We we still chat like on you know, Facebook Messenger. And and I asked her I'm like, "So, when are you going to release, you know, an album of music?" And she's like, uh, she's like, "Are you kidding me? It's too expensive to produ- to produce a whole album. It's expensive
2: just to get, you know, no, suited
1: time for one single." That's that's how, that's how so. a
2: lot of artists do it. And what I would suggest to this woman is what a lot of them end up doing, take those singles Right, put them on a record, uh, have three hundred copies made, sell them for twenty bucks. Your 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 fans will buy that shit. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. And that's the thing you when you when you're doing it all yourself like that, you actually don't need to make all that much money. Uh, here's a great. I hate to get too much into the music biz stuff, but it but it's, you know, it is interesting when you think about it. How much money. When he was signed, not now, because now it's that whole independent thing. But when he was signed to a record deal, how much money per album do you think that Eminem got? Mind you, the average price of an album at the time was $15. What part of that $15 do you think Eminem received? Being, oh. And I pick Eminem because he was the biggest artist in the world at the time, right? Okay. Okay. You're asking how much money he
1: received personally. Per record, yes. Okay, and we're we're talking after. We're talking after studio fees, after personnel gets paid, after
2: everybody that. gets their cut. What is Eminem's
1: cut? From fifteen dollars, probably like a dollar twenty-five, maybe.
2: Yeah, yeah. Actually, now because it's the same genre, but not a big big label, right? Uh, the Insane Clown Posse owned their own record label. They were one of the first independent record labels in the country. How much do you think they made per record? They sold a lot less, right? A lot less, right? Eminem sold like 15 million of one of his records. They, their biggest selling record of all time was 2 million. And that was in a studio. So that one doesn't even count towards this. So we're talking, they sell maybe 500 to 700,000 records. How much do you think an independent artist at the same time period got per record? Probably like twelve dollars. You're actually really good at this. <laughs> You're actually really good at this. Most people don't know that. Well, yeah, Most no. people wouldn't even be able to guess.
0: Well, yeah, I mean yeah, an independent
2: so... the point being, an independent artist made ten times as much per record sold as the biggest artist in the world. Yeah, so I mean, the other thing too is my
1: my late grandfather, uh the one who pa- just passed in February. He was in he was in publishing. Mm. Um he wrote like two well, he was in publishing, he was he was in human resources
2: um back in the back he worked, in the, he worked at a publisher to some degree. Yeah, he's in Yeah. I would call that in publishing. Well, well point is
1: is he wrote he wrote uh Two business books that were like very successful um, back in the '80s, and so he he worked with the tr- traditional publishing method, and he explained the process of like writing in the manuscript and, that, and having to meet with agents and doing the revisions and all that stuff. And he said it was a pain in the ass. If that was all, um, you know, you had. Then when then when I moved to Florida, like, almost 10 years ago now, that was when Amazon, and yes, yes, I know the audience, I know that part of my audience hates Amazon because Big Corpo or whatever. I, I Okay, I get that,
2: but... As Corpos go, I don't find them particularly bad.
1: Well, neither, neither do I, specifically for this reason... Uh, around the time I moved here, they they opened up Kindle uh, Crate and basically said, hey, you know what, we're going to let anyone publish their books on, um, you know, Kindle, and we're just going to, you know, open up the marketplace. So, long story short, my, my grandfather, who was still very savvy, took one of these books, that he had written back in, like, 1990, Mm. uh, reworked a bit, and because he was very savvy, he understood, like, social media and whatnot, and he kind of rewrote it to make it, you know, more, I guess, updated for the time, published it on uh, Amazon, Kindle, and now was a New York Times bestseller no but he actually sold a couple hundred but he was able to expose copies
2: and take and... take take something old right he was able to take something he'd already done and rework it and uh and sell it for more there's a guy that does that in yeah. gaming uh i can't think of his name spider web games they've been making uh like these really long really autistic rpg games since the 90s but they're good right they're well written they're well put together and he's been remastering those games every couple of years to make sure that they're, like, as modern as can be for fucking 25 years. And he makes a lot of money doing it. I don't think he's released a new game in, like, 15 years. He just keeps remastering the old ones and more power to them. But that's the power of self-publishing. And that's why I walked away from radio and when I said I was in the music industry, yeah. I only dealt with indie artists, right? I never uh it's the same with like you know i've i've published a couple books through self-publishing back in the day nothing i would um chill or anybody would go find but uh that was like it was like magic (laughs) you know like you could just publish you know you and, and the internet's the same thing to me when i first heard about internet radio after i had just left the radio i was like this is amazing I can just do a show now, back then, back in my day, but we were covered by the radio loophole the radio loophole. Yes. means That if you're a radio station, you can play music. And so I did, I've played music for years. Uh, I got rid of my 3 AM time slot. I got the midnight time slot, which is actually really good for the radio and particularly the kind of shit that I was playing and uh and it fucking was amazing i no one ever told me what to say not once Uh, yeah that the guy that ran the station was like yeah you say whatever you want
1: when i when i started pot when i started podcasting you could still play like uh you could still play like actual like uh and when i say actual music i don't mean that i don't mean that like royalty free music isn't still music because it is but you know you could play like songs that like people knew so like i would play like the beatles as like bumper music on one uh show and then like the who you know i I would have like a rotation
2: well i i was uh i was kind of limited on that in 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 the sense like i was serving an audience well, yeah, and that audience wanted like cutting edge, hardcore, underground hip hop and metal. Sure, and that's, and that's what we play. But but that never stopped me from playing Johnny Cash. That never stopped me from playing shit that I like. And the other thing is, and this was like, I still think that this was so groundbreaking for the time. And I wish I could do something like this today, but I don't think it's possible. Where I used to just say. Because it was internet It's a whole different format You can interact with people That was my favorite fucking part Interact with the audience directly Not just call-ins anymore But you have a chat And you have like people can send you stuff And so I was like hey This is like 2004-2005 Send me your shitty rap song I'll play it And then the audience will vote on it And if people like it I'll play it in rotation And uh, I discovered I met lifelong friends that way um a uh, great artist that i've been friends with for a very long time low key uh actually submitted to me one of his songs in in those days and it was so fucking good i i didn't even care what the audience voted i was like i'm going to play this again <laughs> fuck you and yeah like, but they all loved it and so i got him and I did an interview with him talked to him about music uh i've done a couple interviews with low key over the years he's a really cool guy but that's how it used to be. It was just the Wild West. We're playing music. We're trying to figure out the format. Trying to figure out how you interact with the audience, right? A lot of people, a lot of people still haven't figured that part out. Interacting with the chat online is tricky business if you're fucking stupid. Well, yeah, I mean, so here's the pro epic- tip. Pro tip for streamers: Somebody says something super nasty in chat that actually upsets you. Just don't read it. Just, just ignore them.
1: Yeah, yeah, don't, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't. Well, it also pro tip, don't be like Owen Benjamin and literally read the chat out loud, like yeah, as you're reading it for the first time, because that's that's what trolls count
2: on is you not. Also, but, uh, also shout out to silly Kelly 420 in the chat who also guessed one dollar for Eminem. Uh, oh excellent um let's see and that's how you interact with chat i saw something positive and i said it but the other thing is is uh have a sense of humor right because i know if i read something mean says something mean written about sam in chat he's just gonna laugh <laughs> right and so like hmm. that's what you do you, you you know you could always be like leave chat. i hate you <laughs> yeah, that, that's gonna wind you up that's gonna wind you up on kiwi farms though you know and live stream fails and everything else like chat, well chat does what chat does you just gotta let them do it and you know on the that, flip side though don't ban them like, yeah I mean idea. that is
1: that is another thing though is like is okay so like I wasn't I wasn't necessarily like trained on like broadcasting but like having grown up wasn't was having grown up like listening to rush limbaugh as often as i did like there's certain like etiquette or i remember, i wouldn't really say etiquette but there's stuff you pick up um along the way and stuff that i picked up that i you know to this day audience appreciation is is a big thing that rush always talked about like he wouldn't be, he always said, I wouldn't be here if it, if it wasn't for the audience. And that is night and day from someone who's like, from someone like, and I know this is a horrible example, but Ethan Ralph, who's like, I'm the greatest in the sector. Uh, you know, you all ain't shit without me, uh, you know, and give me money basically right like Mm -hmm. like all the things that you don't do in radio ralph does and he
2: he has done for years i would would say not just him most streamers particularly the grift types right that are constantly begging for donations goes against everything traditional radio (laughs) stands for you're not supposed to ask them to just throw money at you. You're supposed to sell them something.
1: We, yeah, which, which, by the way, because uh...
2: because spoiler alert, eventually people resent you when you're constantly being like, "I need you to send me money right now." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we uh, yeah. So there's there's a guy. He's still on Twitter, but uh, back during back when I, I back when I was kind of back when I was kind of like watching Owen Benjamin for the lulls this was after uh you know the group had left the thing like we were watching uh Owen and evil Eric who was in our like hangout group goes my god this is this is this is worse than NPR public radio at this point because. Owen was literally doing like the we need your donations to keep, uh you know, this thing going just, just like NPR used to do and still do. And well, uh, but, yeah.
2: but at least in the case of NPR or PBS or whatever, they're like publicly funded and they're not allowed to have like a corporate backer. And so it like makes sense. But also also in the case of PBS and NPR, they do that spot once an hour. These guys will do it every five minutes. You know what I'm saying? And then they get pissy. Uh, you, you mentioned audience appreciation. I've never seen less of that than from streamers who didn't meet their goal. Yeah. You know yeah. I
1: mean? uh, yeah. Ter- Terry Gross. Say what you will about Terry Gross, but she's not banning people from chat because th- because they made a meme that hurt, their fe- that hurt her feelings.
2: Right. right yep
1: i mean no, it's, yeah. a, it's
2: a it's a wild world now with streaming like you never like i'm still learning new shit all the time oh yeah no i'm not i'm not saying that that
1: it's not we're all we're all still learning i'm just saying that, that like i think i think a lot of these people who are in streaming i don't think they ever like watch like an even like an regular like local news broadcast before because they just have like no technique whatsoever whatsoever for radio it seems or broadcasting of any kind
2: yeah i mean i took a lot of broadcasting classes and things and and i still am not and it's because I haven't been in radio the whole time. Right. And I've been doing sure. my own thing. So I'm less disciplined than maybe I should be. There's a bit more ums and ahs. Uh, but one thing I'm great at is filling dead air. Right. With whatever. Like people yes. don't even. People think I'm being rude too. Cause they've never been in traditional media of any kind. And so like, you'll be not like, I do this on your show all the time. If you're not talking and it doesn't look like you have something to say imminently, I'm going to fill for time does that because it's instinct for me because I've been doing this kind of content for so long and people yeah. think I'm doing it to step over them. It's not, it's just if you leave five seconds of dead air, that's torture to an
1: audience. Which, which ladies and gentlemen is one of the re it's i mean it's not the reason but it is one of the reasons why i wanted to bring max onto the show and why he is here because he's good at filling you know dead air and when, and when you have to manage when i have to manage tabs and you know whatnot and gather stuff for the show it's not always easy for me for me to multitask so for him to for him and for schmooley to fill, uh, dead air. You know, it's it's a it's a win win. He gets to say insightful like, yeah. well, shit. People you get- people don't
2: realize how important that is. I'm not just bullshitting to talk over Sam. I'm not just trying to drown everybody out. I'm not trying to be the focal point of the show. It's just like okay, nobody's saying anything. It's you know I got to carry the conversation forward. That's something that was beat into me quite extensively in the early days, and that's one. You know, I, I still screw up and I um and awe on occasion. Yeah or um I use uh, I use local vernacular that maybe not everybody understands. You're not supposed to do that either. But I think it's wicked cool anyway. The but the, love it.
1: Um well with the whole ums and ahs thing too, as I just said that, um do you think that's really that much
2: of an issue now with like podcasting? Because... No, because the bar has been lowered so low. Like you ever right. watch t- you ever watch TikTok live streams? I I've, I've watched oh. a few TikTok live streams. Oh
1: god. I well, let me put it this way. I've never
2: I've never watched a whole TikTok live. Just stream some of. bitch with her phone like, "Hey guys, I'm so cool." And they're always looking like like I'm trying to do the eye thing where I'm not looking at the phone and then looking at it because they do that, and they um, in awe and they sit there. I don't know five minutes. I mean, God, Ralph does this right. He just sits there, and doesn't say anything, and he's like watching CNN or something. Like that's, I could never. I could never do that. I do reaction stuff, right? But you've you've seen my show. If I have reaction stuff, a I have it all set ready to go. B there's a lot more of me talking. In fact, that's half the problem. When we try to get through a dice golden film, which is five hours fucking long, and I'm stopping to talk about it. Luckily, that film ground me down to where I didn't have much to say about two hours in. But I did. Speaking of audience appreciation, I did promise my audience we would watch the whole fucking thing, and we sure did. Well, well, that's what's so that
1: that's what's so frustrating out like about like. You know, again, I'll I'll bring up merch and uh Ralph to some extent is like merch takes constant smoke breaks, which is Yeah, absurd. just leaves.
2: He just leaves. I swear <laughs> to god, if I ever did that on even internet radio, like I guess I guess the cool thing with internet well, radio is I could play three songs in a row and go take a piss, right? Well, yeah, what what I, what I'm
1: what I'm saying though, Max is like You know he he make like if anything Max we're putting too much effort into the show and not
2: making enough money. If if we were if we were my problem for years, man. I I'm an overachiever. Like I'm an artiste, God damn it. So I mean, so am
1: I. Like maybe if maybe if I just like left. Maybe I just started the stream and then left it for 20 minutes. Maybe maybe would get like $500 or something because. It seems like uh it seems like all of these streamers who just like put next to nothing or just
2: are constantly yelling at chat. You know like... what I think it is? You know what I think it is is we don't come off like guys who need the donations. Right? Like we're not because we're not constantly begging and complaining about being poor and saying I just need fifty dollars to get through the fucking week. <laughs> So like people don't like, they don't feel bad for us, you know, which is fine because don't donate to me. I don't need your money. Right. Donate to Sam. So he can make this a career. Yeah. It's not a career for me though. Or,
1: you know, the other, the other thing too is, uh, you know, it is summertime folks and it is, uh, you know, you need to protect your eyes. So, uh, you know, head Just down... like I
2: said, sell them a product, Sammy. Sell
0: them a product.
1: Head down to the uh, to the links for the show and, uh, you know, click on the affiliate link for Shady Rays and get yourself 35% off your first uh, pair and, you know, and hey, in turn, that'll give me 35% off another pair and I'll get some uh, money. So, uh, you know, what are you waiting for? sunglasses at the fraction of a price of uh Ray-Bans uh, and by a fraction of price, I mean, $50 compared to like $200 can't beat that. And then 35% off that plus free shipping.
2: And uh, well, uh, let me ask you this Sam. coming up. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been out? Right. And it's a beautiful, bright, sunny day. Right. And you go down to the beach. Right. And there's this beautiful girl at the beach. And you're looking at her in her little bikini and you're like, wow, she's beautiful. But then the sun is so goddamn bright. <laughs> it's so goddamn bright out that you can't appreciate this beautiful sight set before you. And uh, that is the moment where you're going to wish that you had some fucking shady rays. So click the link. Yeah. And that, ladies and gentlemen, this old funny. school ad read
0: style. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See ya. See, we're even reading, we're even weaving the ad reads into the show content. Uh, but, but you know who can't do an ad read or even at or even an ad to save his life or his campaign is uh, Ron Sanctimonious. So let me uh, ask you this:
2: <laughs> Have you ever been a guy that's got a lot of potential, maybe could one day run for president? And decided, nah, fuck all that. Uh, I mean, That's Ron DeSantis, story. not
1: me, uh, not me. I mean, I voted for a guy who, unfortunately, has no. Have, have you ever? Here's here's a real question. Have, have you ever? Have you ever had like a friend who has
2: potential to do a whole lot and becomes right? a pussy whipped bitch by some broad? Yes. Right. No, no, it's a it's a it's a serious comparison, I think, in a way. Right. It's like you got that buddy. Right. In, in my case, it was actually my brother, uh, one of my brothers, and he gets his girlfriend and all of a sudden he turns into, yes, dear. You know, and he's doing shit. We, we would never do that. Like, why would you wear that stupid fucking shirt, bro? What is wrong with you? Oh, the girlfriend likes it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girlfriend, she, uh, she makes me feel special. That's Ron DeSantis right now with the uniparty.
0: <laughs>
2: he is a pussy whip bitch.
1: So, yeah, I th- we can agree on that. But, like, in, 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 in all honesty, like, I was sitting on the – I, I I would say I was sitting on the fence, but I, I was so kind of like, okay, well, if Trump doesn't get in, maybe I could vote for him. But now with him doing that, like, okay, so here's my question. The deep or, fake? Is it the deep fake?
2: Or is it, Yeah, uh, it, cause there's a couple of things he's done recently, but the deep <laughs> fake is pretty rough. Okay. Yeah. So specifically with the deep, with the deep
1: fake, right? The, the, uh, the argument for DeSantis that you know that we've always heard from the the Ron canvas, well, he's Trump without Trump's asshole-ish behavior, and he's not a bully like Trump. But I'm sorry, Ron kind of threw that out, kind of threw that through out the fucking window when
2: he uh, when he when he unleashed the dirtiest campaign ad of all time. There. He- Uh, This is worse than when George W. Bush said that John McCain had an illegitimate black son. It's it's actually worse attack than that, I would say. Because it's fake. It's fucking fake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like Trump. Like let's let's not fucking pretend like actual history didn't happen. I watched during, when they were doing those uh, the news conferences with Trump every day during the pandemic. I watched all of them. I watched it until they stopped showing it. So, so and I'm gonna I. tell you right now that this notion that Trump agreed with Fauci, where the fuck did that come from? This man, Trump, lambasted Fauci on national television many many times. Instead, he was wrong, and he was more leaning on that whatever the other broad that they ended up firing. He listened to her a hell of a lot more. He was a lot more respectful to her. He was not nice to Fauci. That's why that's why the left started to love Fauci, is because they saw him as being picked on by Trump and Trump yeah. bad. Like they they and and there were some things early on, especially that Trump agreed with him on. But like, yeah. News flash to all the people angry about Fauci lying. He lied to Trump, too. And yeah, Trump well, figured it out and started calling him out on it. And then if you notice when he really started calling Fauci out in press conferences and those are all a matter of public record, you go back and watch him and you see if what I'm saying is fucking true. But the last like week's worth, he was in Fauci's fucking face. He was saying, I don't know, maybe we should fire him and get somebody else in here. And that was when all the major networks said we're not going to cover the press conference anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and well, and to be fair, in the very big, in the very beginning of the pandemic, no one knew what the fuck COVID was. Like, right. Th- there actually was for okay for you know, right. I think we can all agree that like the lockdowns went on for way too long. We can we can all agree on that now,
2: but back then nobody knew what question was. The questions being presented to Trump. Were valid and yeah. we found them to be not as big a deal as we thought. One of the questions was, will the hospitals be overrun? That was a serious concern. I understand that a lot of people now are like, well, COVID was never that bad. It was never going to, we didn't know that. Right. And so the idea of like, okay, can everybody stay home for about two weeks so we can figure this out and see the capacity of the hospitals and maybe work on, uh, you know, Trump even specifically said therapeutics. He didn't even say a vaccine at first. He said therapeutics because therapeutics are actually going to make a bigger deal than a vaccine. That's true with the flu. It's true with everything, right? If you have a med that you can take to make, to mitigate the symptoms, that's actually better than a vaccine in a lot of ways. Yeah, but that, by... was, all, that was all reasonable. It's that at that point, I feel like Fauci knew he had them by the balls and suddenly he was the dictator of earth and he wasn't going to let that go. And, and the news media loved him for it. So they pushed him too. And, but Trump, Trump was not hugging Dr. Fauci during those (laughs) press conferences. He called him a son of a bitch at one point. Like nobody remembers this. Was I the only one there? No, Trump, Trump isn't buddies with Fauci. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, and, I and I could expect that attack maybe from a Democrat, but to come from Ron DeSantis, when I say to sell out, man, he's he's de Brutus now, right? Ron de Brutus uh, stabbing it, his Caesar right in the fucking back. And it's gotten
1: so bad that even a lot of the people who were like. Even a lot of the people I know who were for DeSantis that I respect, they're like, "Well, I can't really vote for. I'm not
2: sure I can vote for DeSantis now. He really fucked, yeah, fucked up. Now he can be a uh, deepfake DeSantis or dishonest DeSantis. I let's I call let's add I, some new ones.
1: I I I believe I called him deep deepfake DeSantis yesterday. Or let me see what what did i
2: what did i call him is... i loved it i loved it cuz like here's a little insider for the fucking uh, the listener uh sam comes into uh, the gilded server and he's just like did desantis really do a deep fake ad on trump and i was like yes and he was like no really <laughs> like are you kidding me <laughs> uh, I, yeah
1: uh, yeah i I'm, I'm like i like did desantis and then Max is like yes, and then I'm like, and then I'm like, oh, Morpheus actually sent me the thing. Holy shit, this is this is fucking bad. So,
2: I I don't know how they thought that wasn't gonna go badly. That like that that's that's the million
1: that well that's the million dollar question, right? Like, who thought that that was going
2: to work? I don't know. I, it's the same thing I, I've been asking. I said I had a theory for you earlier, so I'm, but I wanted to get it on air. Is why is he going to run, at all, because he knows that Trump is just trouncing him in the polls. It didn't make sense. I kept saying this on the show. Why are you doing this to yourself? And I think I figured out the answer. Yeah, I know. I they, know because they told him. Somebody told him. Well. <laughs> if we don't get him on the uh, Manhattan charges, then we're going to get him on these new DOJ charges. that are coming out because what are the odds that DeSantis announces? And then just a few days later, they charge Trump with 32 fucking counts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I do think DeSantis is the face of the unit party. And more than that, I think this is, this is the hot take. I think the Democrats want to get Trump out of the way. And I think they want DeSantis to beat Biden. And the reason is because they don't want another four years of Biden because he doesn't listen to them. He doesn't. This is the thing about Biden, like a a bunch of right wingers wouldn't understand, is that the left wing doesn't like what Biden's doing either. They're not happy with him at all because either he's not going far enough or they don't like certain policies that he's done, like the Keystone XL pipeline is a pretty pretty unpopular to close that one when everybody's paying through the nose for gasoline. Yeah. Well, and then they, they don't think they can handle another four years of a Biden disaster. I actually think the rank and file Democrats want DeSantis because he's the boogeyman that they can control versus Trump, who is the bull in the China shop versus Biden, who just does whatever the fuck he wants. And sometimes occasionally they get what they want out of it, but not very often. And again, well, for everybody that thinks that Biden isn't making his own decisions, look at how goddamn incoherent they are next to each other. I think he's making all of the decisions, to be honest with you. I think people aren't giving Biden enough credit for the things he's fucked up. I think Biden needs way more credit because I think he's making these decisions as an unhinged old man. And that sometimes they trick him into doing what they want With certain framing, right? Like, uh... I mean... The generals generals didn't want to pull out of Afghanistan, but we had already agreed to pull out of Afghanistan. And so Biden's just like, hey, why don't we make this (laughs) the worst pullout since Vietnam? That'll make everybody happy! There's no way the generals instructed him to do the pullout the way he did. There's no fucking way. So... You could say you could say Kamala or the administration or these people are leading him by the nose, but that one decision there, he sure as fuck wasn't listening to generals because even Millie, even Millie, who's his little butt buddy fucking leftist <laughs> general, was like, Yeah, we shouldn't pull out at all. Right? But but if we do pull out, yeah. here's, here's the plan for a pull out, this is how we're gonna do it. None of that happened. So he, he wasn't being advised by the generals. And I just think Biden was like, listen here, Jack, (laughs) where are you going to pull him out then? And and they're like, Mr. President, we don't have enough transportation to get everybody out of uh, Afghanistan in an immediate fashion. And he's like, just get them all out now. I told you I'm the president.
1: So, so you were. uh, So, okay. so so let me get this straight. So you basically think that Mr. Magoo is, in fact, running things, but he's just. But.
2: But he's Mr. Magoo.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's he's. Well, I mean, if if you remember, if you remember the whole the whole gimmick of Mr. Magoo wasn't just that he was an old man that bumbled his way through so life. He couldn't see. It, well, it was that it was. Yeah, it was that he couldn't see. But but like somehow, Mr. Magoo always ended up like failing upwards. Yeah. Into.
2: but also like it's a good like that's the best Biden analogy I've ever heard is is President Magoo because he couldn't see clearly right Right. And so actually Mr. Magoo if you think about it acted very rationally almost all the time based on what he thought was there it's just that it wasn't a tiger it wasn't a tiger it was just a little dog but like he saw a tiger so he acts like there's a tiger there that's Joe Biden yeah, no, that's Joe Biden in a nutshell. He's like, yeah, no. I,
1: I've I've called him Mr. Magoo for years because that what is out how I see.
0: Except I that
2: ca- he doesn't fail upwards. He just <laughs> fails. That's that's the beauty of Biden. He's just like uh, uh, Keystone XL. Let's shut that down. We'll, we'll win over the greens. It's like, OK, you might win over the greens. What about everybody else who's going to pay way more gas? Ah, fuck him. Let's just let's just use up all the reserves. That'll, oh. that'll never come back to bite us in the ass. Oh, I didn't I didn't call him deep fake
1: DeSantis. Sorry. Yesterday on Twitter I called him Dirty DeSantis.
2: That is dirty. That that deep fake was dirty. <laughs> Damn. I'm saying if you're gonna deep fake a competing politician, I feel like he should have made Trump uh, like, like make the video of Trump pissing on a bed. And be like, yeah, see, it was real. That's a better deep fake than hugging Desantis, uh, hugging Fauci, or whatever. Right? It's like, oh, the p tape was real. Yeah. Like that might actually move numbers, and then a lot of people would believe it was real anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're yeah, gonna deep, um, all I'm saying, if you're gonna <laughs> deep fake, you better be going balls deep fake. You know what I mean? Don't none of this pussy shit. Oh, he hugged this guy. Because that might have really happened. It's it's possible that there was an event somewhere where Trump shook his hand and gave him up because Trump's a fucking Trump's a, a very hands-on guy, he shakes everybody's hands and hugs them, right? So yeah. it, it, it's not something that could be impossible. But then as soon as people find out it's fake, they're like, What the fuck? Why would you do that? But if you made a tape of Trump. Balls deep up in a big burly dude's ass. <laughs> a lot of people would just assume that it's real, and they'd be like, "Oh my God, Trump's gay." <laughs> all I'm saying is, if you're gonna use uh, the deep fake, use it to its full effect. Yeah, yeah. Just go. Well, well.
1: I mean, so here's how bad things have gotten for DeSantis, even. Even Tim Pool, I know, and again, I, I'm in agreement with you with you, Max, like Tim Pool is horrible. But even even Tim Pool, Mr. Milktoe's fence sitter, was outraged by the by the deep fake.
0: Oh,
2: he's not a fucking fence sitter anymore. He's a fucking Yeah, I'm not surprised he would be outraged. It's exactly the kind of thing he gets fake outraged about. But yeah, everybody, everybody, even a lot of DeSantis supporters didn't find that. Yeah, yeah, image. no the, yeah, no that that's that well so so
1: here's the other thing. So DeSantis did that yesterday, right? Uh, and yeah. then Trump also later in the day, he got indicted for the um, for like the upteenth t- time.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. And so. And he he couldn't have just come out and been like, like, this is what would make sense. If I, if I was DeSantis, it is wrong. What the DOJ is doing. That's it. He doesn't have to say what he doesn't have to go into detail. Just it's wrong. Yeah. Still. He didn't do that. The first time Trump got indicted. And that was when I knew.
1: Well, well, We'll see. Though, here's what's interesting: this, the first time Trump got indicted, Ron didn't mention him by name. This time, Ron did use Trump by name, and I'm like, well, that's a bit scummy of you. Like, now he's trying to like backtrack because he know he he knows he fucks up with the uh, he knows he fucked up with the uh, deep fake, so now he's like trying to appease Trump supporters. I guess it's not gonna work. Um, no,
2: he, that's the thing. He was never going to win over the Trump supporters. I don't know why he even tries. If you're going to be, see, he's decided that he's going to be the insurgent candidate. Act like one. Well, okay, I,
1: I can tell you why, Max. I can tell you exactly why, uh, he's trying to, be Trump, right? Because, I don't know about like, I don't know about like the papers over in... Over where we are in in Massachusetts, but here, like the left was saying, that DeSantis was actually worse than Trump because he's a lot more—he's Trump without the uh, you know without the a-hole factor. So you can't make fun of DeSantis like you can with Trump, which makes him more dangerous. So I think DeSantis somehow has in his in his brain that he's that he's like Trump two Right, it's like all the wannabe podcasters who like see themselves as Rush Limbaugh 2.0. You know, there's only one though. You're gonna, you're not going to be able to replace replace them.
2: Yeah, I think if uh they screw Trump out of the nomination, what's going to happen is you're going to see lower turnout in 2024 than we've ever seen before. Well, because I because I probably will not vote if that's the case, because at that point, I have now decided that the elections are just so rigged that there's no point point in me taking part of it, yeah, me me too. I, I because so what, basically, DeSantis, you never get my vote, so I don't <laughs> I don't know what you're doing well, I mean, I
1: so I have to be honest for for me, the deep for me, the deep fake thing really was really was a turning point up until. Up until now, I would have said, okay, well, I, you know, up until today, I would have said, okay, I might not like him, but I might not like everything, but I'll still vote for DeSantis because, at least, because he's not, you know, the left. But by doing this deepfake thing, he pretty much revealed that he's. In a lot of ways, he is acting like a leftist,
2: and well, he, he's he's acting like pre-Trump GOP, which is the pussy whipped bitch I was talking about, right? It's like, yeah, hey guy, hey guys, maybe we shouldn't spend so much money. Shut the fuck up, racist. Okay, sorry, sir. That's 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 the GOP. Is if that's what we're gonna go back to. Like, like, ignoring the rigged election part, right? Like, let's say I don't believe that part of it. If we're going to go back to that, I'm going to go back to leaving the GOP. I, I've not always been a registered Republican. And in fact, I wasn't for the longest time before Trump because it wasn't my party. And if it's going to go back to that, it won't be my party. I'll figure out something else.
1: Yeah, and see as, like, I have... I have been registered at at. See, like, I I guess from I guess for me and for like like I know people my, my age who have also said that they'll leave the Republican Party. Um. So they're gonna they're gonna lose lots of young people.
2: Most of um, them. Here here's the thing that they don't get is that conservatives under forty are overwhelmingly. They they might not they might not support trump over desantis right now but they're overwhelmingly maga people anyway that's why he's going around saying i'm just like trump but not as mean because they're maga people see so you, you're just gonna give the MAGA people back over to the fucking the the kind of eye of sauron and uh and then any of us that were principled or came in for that you know, millennials, especially millennials is the biggest voting demographic now. And you don't like if you alienate them, the boomers aren't going to be here to save you in 20 years, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like the boomers are already not the biggest generation. They should not be the first concern of a lot of these politicians. And you might say, well, younger people don't vote. Yeah. Which is exactly why the Republicans shouldn't spend a lot of time on Zoomers. But Millennials are in the urge bracket where you vote and they do vote and they vote overwhelmingly for Trump and MAGA candidates, at least the right wing ones. So like, yeah, maybe you need to refocus. Maybe the party does need to going forward represent its largest demographic, which is pro MAGA millennials. That is the biggest group in the GOP right now.
1: Yeah. And if, and if Biden somehow does like, uh, you know, well, a if 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 Trump ends up in prison, there will there will be riots in this country. Like, I'm not I'm not saying that to like say that there should be riots or anything like that. I'm saying that I think there will be. I'm um, saying
2: I'll hoist the black flag if they go that far. Yeah. Like I will maybe not partake in a riot, uh, but I will show moral support. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not discouraging that because because I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because at that point, it's not a riot. It is not a political protest. It's a resistance. It's an actual resistance. Because at that point, if they're going to put the leading presidential c- candidate, not just leading the Republicans, but the leading presidential candidate who's beating everybody in the polls in jail, that's a banana republic. So it's no longer, yeah. it's no longer me just sit by and say, well, maybe we'll get them next time. At that point, it is an insurgency against a hostile Uh, A a hostile fucking dictatorial fucking regime Yeah And uh, Yeah, yeah I will support the people who oppose that (laughs) I just don't I don't think it's going that route I I don't think they're actually going to be able to put him in jail Uh, Which means that I think Basically Basically my scenario requires them Putting him in jail Without the evidence to actually do so which is banana republic shit.
1: I don't think they're gonna go that route anyway. I either Max, but but what? I don't think they're gonna go that route either, Max. But I think they, they want they to. Did, I just
2: don't think they can.
1: Well, I yeah, I I would agree with both those statements either. But let me also say that if, that if they somehow do manage it, I also wouldn't be surprised either. If that
2: makes sense. like, no, like... I wouldn't be surprised either. I'm not that. That's why I'm laying it out there. You know, yeah. when, when, when Biden, quote unquote, won in 2020, I sat down with my wife and I was like, this is going to suck. We're going to be poor for a couple of years. We're going to have to tighten our budgets. And she was like, really, you think? And I was like, oh, for sure. And that was in like November of 2020. So I knew this was coming, but this time. This time, I haven't forgotten 2020. You, no. can, you can say whatever the fuck you want. I watched them pulling ballots out of the ceilings after they sent people home, bro. You can tell me no evidence all you want. I watched them pull the shit out of the fucking Sit. under the table. I, I saw Trump come out I, at 1 a.m. He comes out at 1 a.m. and says they're going to bring in 2 a.m. trucks of ballots. And then an hour later, I'm watching video. I was up. I was watching it live. They're, they're pulling in fucking Ballots from out of nowhere. They they just got found. They just got found to have literally tampered with Dominion voting machines in Arizona in the last election in 2022. I nobody's talking about that. Where's Dominion's where's Dominion's billion dollar lawsuits about that? Why isn't why isn't that evidence in the lawsuit? The evidence that they actually are doing what is being claimed. And, And
1: and here's the other thing too. Like Okay, so I get your theory about DeSantis being the uniparty candidate, and that may
2: be the case now. I'm not. But I, the, I just want to clarify one thing. I'm not sh- entirely sure he knows it. Oh no, he. Oh no. Well, no,
1: I would agree with you on that. He doesn't. He doesn't know that either. But to my point, Max, you're talking about the election fraud uh, in Arizona la- last year. Believe me, there was, believe me, and here's, here is the one thing that I will say, like, this is also why it's so baffling to me why DeSantis, I guess, turned on Trump the way he did, because, uh, when DeSantis was running for re-election as Florida's governor last year, the Dems were literally, like, trying to do the same shit to get, uh, Charlie Crist reelected they got they got caught like stuffing ballot boxes or trying to and uh like a couple of u.s post workers were caught like trying to dump like boxes of ballots with Sanders's name on the side of the well, highway because the truth
2: is the truth is and this hurts a lot of people and it's the thing you weren't allowed to say anywhere but the truth is is that there's fraud in every election Sometimes it's just around the edges. Sometimes it swings the whole fucking thing.
1: Right. But, but, but like that, but like that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying though, Max, is it baffles, what, what baffles me is the fact that like DeSantis somehow thinks that because he's nicer than Trump, quote unquote,
2: that he will be exempt from the same treatment. I, I thought so too. Now I think he, I think to some degree he knows they're going to go easier on him than Trump. I just don't think he realizes it's because he's controlled opposition because that's what he is.
1: Yeah. Well, I think they'll go, I think they'll go easier on him, but
2: I still think they fucking hate him. Oh, they're still going to call him hate. Like you can't control the far left, especially like the street activists, and they would hate him as much or more than Trump. Probably more. Even though it's like no reason to just because he's the guy now. So yeah, that's that's how they operate.
0: Yeah. They they
2: called Bush Hitler. They called Romney Hitler. They called McCain Hitler. They were right about McCain, you know, broken clocks and such. Um, er Everybody's been Hitler. Everybody's a racist. This is nothing new for them. It just it worked really well on Zoomers who consumed media that regurgitated that idea to them and then they regurgitated it back back and forth. The Zoomers liked that. They're the only ones. Nobody else did. Yeah, well 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 the Zoomers literally
1: don't under they literally don't read history. They 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 literally don't know like
2: what World War II was so their I their idea of a Nazi to be fair to Zoomers their entire history that they've been taught is this modern revised leftist history anyway. Yeah. So know, it's not I entirely their fault.
1: I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm what I'm saying is they're, so they very, don't have
2: the capacity to discern based on actual historical context. Yeah. I got you. And that's true. I just wanted to point, like I don't, I don't, I feel like I shit on zoomers more than I should. Oh so no. I, 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 I wanted I to backtrack and say, look, what are they teaching these kids about history in school? as younger people I've talked to when they talk about World War II in history that they learned in school, it literally amounts to the Holocaust. Like they don't have a lot of like the geopolitics of what was going on or anything like that.
1: Yeah, well, and then well and then even even like studying the Holocaust, which I did and you know when I like the yeah, the Jews were killed in the Holocaust, but there there's there's so much more nuance like to the Holocaust too, and there was so much more to that, to that whole uh, you know, that, you know, genocide.
2: But, but the point is, is that that's all they've learned about, right? Right. And so so from that perspective, uh, without all the context, it's just like, well, Nazis bad and people who are bad now are like Nazis. That's why they do that. It's, it's a guttural thing for them. Uh, and they've always done it and they will do it with DeSantis they'll do it again with Trump obviously probably way worse than the first time and whoever comes down the pike in 2028 and beyond the left isn't going to stop calling everybody fucking Hitler just because DeSantis is nicer uh, which he's not he's not because he's a liar who puts out fake ads that's way meaner than Trump's mean tweets at least when Trump mean tweets he's like Rosie O'Donnell is fat and you're like (laughs) <laughs> she is fat, though. She do be fat.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and people and people were like, "Oh, so here's
2: the one I here's the one I was get sick of is you well, called uh, women fat pigs only Rosie only Rosie." Well, here's the <laughs> that's uh, the, that's the best debate moment of all time because they thought yeah, they had him up against the wall. He, you call women fat pigs just rosie like deadpan is how i love trump <laughs> that's the best shit ever All he's, right, like, uh, he's uh, like i'm not gonna deny that because i totally did that but just rosie
1: uh-huh, uh-huh. Also, the fact that it was megan kelly who uh you know was the one who mm-hmm. who uh asked that question
2: which uh yeah i mean started a whole fucking story arc for her Yeah, that one question sent her on quite the journey, you know? (laughs) Yeah,
1: well, and then and then she was also the one who was like criticizing Trump for dating playboy models. And then, uh, what do you know? People were starting to find her
2: spicy pics. Uh, well, hey, here's the thing, right? Trump mm, morally not not my kind of guy. Uh. I get it though. He's rich, right? And he dated beautiful women, and uh, yeah, w- would I prefer somebody that like married one woman and stayed with them? Yeah, because that's more relatable to me. Um, but but I do feel it's kind of dirty pool that people use his past, you know, romantic entanglements against him. Considering none of it's private, he's one of yeah. the most public people since the '80s, right? And every like everybody knows. That
0: he's divorced and
2: every like everybody knows that shit. It's not like it's not like in 2016 or 2015 when he announced that people didn't know this, right? Well, and well, and 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 to be fair, like
1: one of the things I am actually this this was one of the reasons why I was a big Trump fan. Like, in all seriousness, was because when all the when all the Playboy playmate and stuff came out, Trump was like, yeah. I, 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 you know, I fucked a couple playmates, so what, I'm not dropping out, whereas, like, uh, you know, for a comparison, Herman Cain, back in 2012, who was my favorite candidate at the time to run against Obama, he was, he was creaming everyone in the primaries, the, uh, the left was panicking, they didn't want Herman Cain to debate Obama because
0: there's less was...
2: chance. There's less chance he wins when it's two black guys. Yeah, That's, this is literally it. <laughs> yeah, and all.
1: Yeah, and also they they couldn't pull. They couldn't play the well. You're racist because you won't vote for for uh, you know Obama. They couldn't play that card, right? So Herman Cain is getting Herman Cain is basically cleaning everyone's clock, then someone uncovers a thing that he had an affair with, like, his secretary for, like... And it wasn't just, like, a one-time thing. It was, like, they had, like, a 25... Like, Herman Cain was almost, like, loyal to his mistress and to his wife, weirdly enough. So, that came out, and the Republicans were like, oh, well... You need to drop out because that doesn't necessarily, you know, mesh with our moral standards or whatever. And he did. And then we got Romney. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Max. Like, Trump's past. I mean, there are lots of things, like, personality-wise, that I don't like about Trump. But, like, policy-wise, I, I've always believed he's the man for the job. And this is just what I don't get. When people complain that like Trump being being mean, I'm like, who gives a fuck if he makes mean tweets or sleeps around or like none of that matters to me. And, you know, compared to like the big stuff,
2: the big thing I think about the mean tweets thing is um, it's a very one sided narrative. Oh, yeah. Nobody has been on the receiving end of more harassment than Donald Trump nobody well no, oh, nobody has put up with the levels of consistent like like the reply guy is a thing that we created because people would ritualistically every single time this man tweeted anything no matter how innocuous be like poopy diaper daddy ah, you suck i think you poop yourself ah. like nobody dealt with meaner tweets directed at them Than Donald fucking Trump, right? And so to call his tweets mean at all is ridiculous in the context of, like, look at the fucking things they 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 literally profiled his son as being autistic for no reason. Barron was just there, and they're like, he doesn't talk to the media a lot. I think he has autism. It's like, no, you people are fucking vultures. Anybody who talks to anybody who talks to Trump, you guys try and get him to say crazy fucking shit that probably didn't happen. No, Barron and, wants no part of you, and it has nothing to do with autism, whether well, he and, has autism or not. And if he has autism, then you just fucking dox his fucking neurological condition. And if he doesn't have autism, it's still none of your fucking business.
1: Well, and also, like, He Barron- was a
2: child.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's the other thing too, is Barron was like, what, 10, 11 at the time? 12 it... at most. I think okay. at most he was 12. Well, even so, like, what are you gonna do? Like, ask ask the 12-year-old what his opinion is on like foreign policy? Like, no. Yeah. And that... he's
2: like, and he's like, I like my school. You know? Like, <laughs> like...
0: Like yeah if, if you asked
2: my 7-year-old his opinion on uh current political things he'd probably tell you about a dragon. <laughs> it's, the kids kids don't follow this stuff. Yeah and, and and you know and
1: we you know we were told we couldn't talk about the Obama you know daughters which hey I I was fine with that. But you know, when it comes to Trump kids, everything is fair game. That's basically what we were, what we were told. So,
2: yeah, yeah, and and it's funny because uh, Obama's daughters are kind of hoes, you know. Well, yeah, Well and they week. were hoes even then. Like they're bigger hoes now.
1: Well, I mean, to be honest, I didn't really, I didn't really like. Now they, now they definitely are. I honestly, when they were in the White House, I didn't give two shits about them. I know. I just wanted to point out that they're hoes. No, no. Yeah. No. You, well, I mean, listen, now they're fair game because they're
2: putting it out there that they are. I've I've always thought, you know, there's some things that are fair game with presidential kids to some degree. Right. But like this, like <laughs> Baron. Barron sits in his room doing nothing entire media he has autism what what the fuck is wrong with you people that's so beyond the fucking pale it, it, or or how about how about Kathy Gri- Griffin with cutting the fucking fake Trump head thing off and Barron saw it on TV and was traumatized by it and, and nobody cared about that oh yeah let's just hold up a picture of this kid's dead dad's head alright and
1: well, and, and, and I and I and I want I love I love their excuse I love I love the excuse for that. I don't believe he was actually traumatized because the kid is 12 years old and he probably plays Call of Duty, which means he's seen like way worse than that fake head. That was I don't
2: about- know. All I'll all, all say is it was a head that looked a lot like his dad's head being held up in a picture, yeah. And he- you know presidential kids they get the briefing right that it's possible that your parent could be killed like especially if they're older than like 10 right and be like look things could happen secret service is here to try and protect you so like they know like that to some degree a presidential kid knows that their parent is potentially a target right and so when he sees a fucking decapitated head and he's a little kid yeah, he could be traumatized by that, even if he's seen worse in a video game. Because the worst in the video game wasn't like a head that looked scarily uh, yeah, like his father. That, yeah, that,
0: well,
2: yeah. I mean that that head did not look
1: like at first. Like at first, like even if Baron did realize later on that that was fake, like at first glance, I mean,
2: it it freaked me out a bit too. At first no. glance, I knew it was a fake fucking thing, but it wasn't my father's head. Right. Like, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. also not like 10. So it's like, it's a little different. I would say a little different. Uh, not that, not that you can't do it. Like, I actually think Kathy Griffin, if she thought that was really, really funny, whatever. Right. Uh, I don't think it was a threat. I think it was just dumb on her part. But, and she thought she was really fucking funny. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not for censorship. I'm just saying, show this kid his decapitated father in a picture, and he might have a fucking nightmare or two. He's a kid. Yeah, he's a fucking well, kid, and his father is probably the center of his fucking universe. If you, if I were to take a guess.
1: Yeah. Well, and also, and also, uh, you know, Baron, right? Like, Trump even, even said, or at one point, like. My son, I'll tell you, he's he's really good at the internet and stuff, right? Like I I I think Trump said that at one point, right? So, um, so Baron being online, like I'm sure he's seen all the crazy like Reply Guys shit of like, you know, people being like, "I'm gonna kill you" or "I'm gonna you know put like a witch hex on you" or whatever the fuck, like people were, you know. he he
2: gets it like let alone seeing him say it about his dad i've seen people say horrible things about baron too and i'm like he's a Uh, kid
0: what has he ever done
2: what has he ever done for them to be mad at he's a child well he's i think he's grown now i mean it's been a while I, yeah, I mean, I think he—I
1: think he's like a teenager at you know at the most. So yeah I, think... yeah, I think he might be eighteen
2: though. Is what I'm saying. Oh, Either yeah. way, though, at the time he's a child. He's a, a small child at that. When they first came in office, he was a small kid. This this is all like crazy to him. Imagine yeah. like imagine you're nine or ten years old and your your per- parent is the fucking president. That yeah. can't be easy. Yeah, well, and then it also- can't be easy for the Obama hoes either. You know what I mean? Like in the in the Bush hoes, for that matter.
1: <laughs> yeah, the yeah, oh yeah, the oh yeah, the Bush ho- hoes who got caught like parting and streaking oh, yeah. on the White House. Yeah,
2: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, them hoes got white girl wasted. Yeah, <laughs> the Obama hoes actually are a little classier than the Bush hoes. Just, just a little, uh, like, like in hoe terms. Oh, yeah, there there are there are
1: stories about about the about the Bush girls that i've
2: that I've heard. Well, just so. imagine being the Bush girls, you know what I mean? It's kind of never mind. Um, no, like the the crazy shit that gets said online, uh, yeah, I could see that traumatizing a kid. I could see all of this shit traumatizing a kid. I bet you Baron's probably, like, pretty easy going because of it, though. Pro- yeah, probably. Um, and, and I bet you the friends that he has at school or whatever, I bet you his friend circle is, like, tight as fuck. And they don't fucking oh, talk yeah. to anybody else.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you, you would
2: you would imagine that, like, well, you haven't heard a lot of like Baron stories and Baron leaks, right? So his friends are probably somewhat loyal.
1: Oh yeah. Well, the kid, the kid's probably just like a giant nerd. or just like,
2: who knows? I mean, that don't mean nothing. I was a giant nerd. I was still doing shit that I wouldn't want on the papers. Well, okay, yeah, that that's
1: that's true. What what, what I'm what I'm trying to say is Baron is
2: like. Baron is like Akaba, pretty pretty
0: much Oh,
1: don't
2: no. don't make that comparison cuz now you're saying he does have autism. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, what? Uh, let's see. It
2: was Ak- Akaba went to Japan, didn't he? Like fucking nerd.
0: Oh. Yeah.
2: Yeah, oh. he did it.
1: <laughs> he uh he went yeah, he went to Japan. And he, he got, I did see one of his tweets. He got like, he got like 15 CDs, uh, of like, he, he got, he got the soundtrack for Racing Lagoon. Okay. I mean, he seems happy. Yeah. No, good on it. Good on him. So, um, speaking of gaming though, uh, You know...
2: Halls of Torment.
1: Yes. I was not here to do gaming news, but you are, and you have some...
2: Okay. The first news is there's an early access game on Steam. It's called Halls of Torment, and it kicks fucking ass. It's like uh, Vampire Survivors plus Diablo 1 combined, and uh, I grabbed that the other day. It's like $5 or something. I grabbed it on Steam Deck. And like both times this week, when we started the show, I was over here playing fucking Halls of Torment, uh, and I'm like, yeah, 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 start the show, Sam. I'm just gonna finish this up. Oh, so oh, so that's what that's what you're that's what you're playing. Yeah, Halls of Torment. Uh, but the but the news, I guess, in gaming, is uh, Activision Blizzard did it did a, did a, a a Bud Light. And, <laughs> um, it's not good. It's not good. So i have uh strong feelings on this i've been a fan of blizzard entertainment specifically for a very very long time since i was a kid i played yeah. world of warcraft for many years not as obsessively as a lot of people like i you know, not not giving up my whole life over it, but i certainly played a good amount especially when i was younger right there's years where you have time to just play video games and nothing else to do i play a lot of world of warcraft i still do Last week, I was streaming over here on my Rumble channel doing hardcore uh, World of Warcraft Classic, because I had subscribed. I gave in Blizzard my money, and it came weirdly enough, the subscription came up again today, and I canceled it. And I canceled it because Blizzard, Activision Blizzard is one company, you know, two names, but it's one company, over at Activision, the other side of the company they make a little game you may have heard of it called Call of Duty Warzone uh Call of Duty generally yep. but specifically the Warzone which is a very popular battle royale format game one of the members of Phase Clan and I want to make sure that I get his name right I believe it's Nick Merck. um uh, but yeah and so yeah follow him over on Twitter cuz he's having a rough day but what happened was uh, all the stuff about grooming and drag queen story time and all that on Twitter, he made a comment where he specifically said he had no problem with pride. All he all he said is, I have no problem with pride or gay people, but just leave kids alone. Well, what? <laughs> on the pale. Yeah, literally. What more? What
1: more than half the country believes? By the way. Mm-hmm. The the fact that just leave because
2: a lot a lot more I, I would say a lot of Democrats believe that too. A lot of gay people even believe that.
1: Yeah, the fact that that is now considered controversial is fucking is is
2: fucking scary to me. So how controversial is it, Max? Couldn't couldn't have been that big a deal, right? So. In Call of Duty Warzone, they have a cash shop, right? Free to play game, they have a cash shop, that's normal. In the cash shop, there was a skin for this guy. It's a bundle pack where you could play his skin and like a custom version of his favorite weapon or some shit like that. Look, I don't play Warzone, so if I get those details wrong, I'm not sorry. Nope, you're right. You
1: you're completely
2: right. So you get the skin pack for this guy and Activision decided That they put out a statement they said we're pulling it so that we can celebrate pride with our people and they really didn't say much else and uh, also it is questionable as to whether this man will be kicked out of FaZe Clan which I'm not a big esports guy but I've heard of FaZe Clan I think they're one of the top esports organizations out there and he's been with them for quite a long time he's one of the more popular members that's why he had a goddamn skin in the game right Uh, So basically he's on the outs with them and they're they're tripling down on quote unquote, protecting trans kids. So there you go. Activision blizzard supports grooming children. And that was when I canceled my wow subscription today. And I'm so glad I didn't pick up Diablo four either. If you haven't don't, (laughs) it's good. I played the demo or the beta or whatever. Diablo four is good. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm saying if you haven't bought it, don't give these people your money. Now
1: is Activision now I could be I could be wrong and I could probably also look this up, but I'm a lazy cripple, so I'll just ask you, is Activision the one that like published the Call of Duty uh Black Ops
2: series b be- oh, every fuck. every call every single Call of Duty game was under the Activision banner until they merged with Activision Blizzard in 2009 I think 2008 2009. Well fuck I guess but Call of Duty is an Activision only it's only ever been published by Activision.
1: I guess that's another franchise.
2: it's getting the butt that's getting the uh, but light treatment. We'll see gamers are tough. Gamer boycotts, I'll tell you they never ever work. More than even normal boycotts, because gamers, like I said, don't buy Diablo Four if you if you don't want a company, you know, grooming children. But there's a lot of motherfuckers even listening to this show that are gonna buy that game because it's the hot new thing. Yeah, That's, you can't do it. I've boycotted Blizzard a couple times over the years. I just came back because they did the free. They fired the guy for saying free. Well. They suspended the guy and took away his winnings for saying free Hong Kong. And then they fired the uh, the commentators who were there who didn't say anything about it. I was like, fuck you, Blizzard. Free Hong Kong. And so when I canceled my subscription and it said, what's your comment? I said, free Hong Kong. And I stayed away for about two years until they got some new management in there. They had... Uh, things seem to be on the up and up. So I gave Blizzard another chance and already they fucking thrown it in the fucking grinder. And so when I canceled my wow subscription this time, I just said, okay, groomer, that's my comment.
1: Well, okay. Well, well, the reason why I'm bummed out is because I played call of duty, cold war mm-hmm. and, and like call, Call of Duty Cold War out of all of the Black Ops, like Black Ops 1 is pretty good, and Black Ops 2 is. Black Ops 3 Three gets pretty fucking weird because it, it, it like takes place
2: in the future. Also, Black... it had no story campaign. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think you're thinking of the fourth one, and it's the mostly future stuff. But yeah, they've had some good Call of Duty games, and you mentioned Cold War. Cold War had a bit of a right wing bent to it, right? right Yeah, literally tells you what to do. Here's the thing. the creative types that work on that kind of stuff aren't the kind of people running a social media account and dealing with a scandal like this, right? Yeah so it's a bunch of HR cat ladies didn't like what phase clan uh, Nick Burke said and so he needs to be canceled now get him out of the store it's pride month you're hurting people you're killing people
1: Ugh. yeah no no it is a shame and yeah you you hit the nail on the head like the, the campaign of cold war like yeah does have like a bit of a right wing like espionage type thing and a certain uh, a certain based cripple man might be writing a uh, political thriller of that
2: same genre so yeah yeah the the creative side of call of duty has been pretty good the last couple years you know hit and miss i mean vanguard was a little on the uh uh, glorifying the soviet side of things but not this hang on nothing to do with the game really i think it has to do more with like cat ladies in the office but either way leave the kids alone. That's all he was saying. And I agree with that. And so I am no longer going to be, this hurts, this hurts, but I'm no longer going to be buying Activision Blizzard, anything until this is rectified somehow. And I don't even know how they could. Yeah. So, well, that sucks, but there's so, like I say, I'm always, you notice, I'm always pointing out indie games on the show. Like the, first, whenever you say something, I'm like, first thing, let me talk about Dave the diver. Get into indie games, guys. Like well they're, they're so good. It's a golden age. And also you don't have to worry about a lot of this woke shit because a lot of indie games indie games are either expressly political and you will know it before you buy it, or they're not political
1: at all. Well, one well, one of the games that you have that you actually recommended. I don't know if if uh how much we can talk at this, but one of the games that you recommended was
2: Six days of Fallujah. Right. And they've been, they released a demo just to content creators about six days in Fallujah. So I've seen, I've watched quite a bit of the gameplay footage. Devil Dog Gamer uh, was actually at the battle of Fallujah and is a Marine. And he does it. He has a great, I've followed his YouTube channel for years and years. Uh, He's probably one of the best let's players out there. That a lot of people don't know about but he added a lot to it because he's like yeah this is what it's like oh no this isn't quite right but like he, he the game itself uh to recreate the battle of fallujah in if th- for those that don't know the battle of fallujah in Iraq the second battle of fallujah specifically was um basically our grunts cleared every house in fallujah like a SWAT team. And we lost a lot of good men. In Fallujah. And it was one of. uh, It's probably the most prolific. Modern battle America has been in. In, ter- in terms of a war battle. Um, And those those men went. They walked through hell. And they did the job. And as much as it sucks. That we lost a lot of fine men. Including a friend of mine. that's Literally the guy that stood next to me at graduation. However the uh the, the the absolute like above and beyond the call of duty that those men all went through doing something that had never been done clearing a city house by house had never been done and it was an impossible task that they were given and they did it so this game tries to recreate that by house layouts change every time every time you load up the map the map's different the houses are different. The streets are different. Where enemies are placed are different. Where civilians are placed is different. And if you shoot civilians, he fucks you over. You're not supposed to. But you'll run into a house and there will be a family full of civilians. Because that's what actually happened in Fallujah. And the gunplay is really realistic. The sound design is amazing. From from everything I've seen, it sounds I've never been in a battle, so I can't say it sounds like a battle. What I can say is it sounds an awful lot like being on a big gun range, you know what I mean with shit popping off in different directions
1: it it, it sounds like what you would imagine a battle would be like though right and what?
2: devil devil dog says it sounds a lot like what a battle sounds like. so I'll take his word for that. yeah, but is, um, it, is it a first person shooter yes. okay, first person shooter uh it's coming out very very soon Uh, this was like the first big test they only gave out one level but the crazy part is that one level you could play it and it's never going to be the same you know you go through it but every house changes yeah. the, where the enemies are but not just like some games will switch up where the enemy placements are on a map right but this switches up the map itself too so now this street's now over here And this this house now has a stairway upstairs where it didn't before. And this house is a double-decker where it used to be a single-decker, right? Like everything changes. And another thing that's really cool is they really played with the light, which is a lot lot of soldiers uh, will talk about. The hardest part of kicking in those doors is because Iraqis didn't have a lot of power at the time. There's not a lot of lights on in anybody's home, if any. And so adjusting from bright, bright desert to pitch dark house is where you get shot most of the time because your eyes need a second and their eyes are already adjusted and they can see you coming in long before you can see them. And it does seem to I haven't played it, like I said, but it does seem to capture that kind of tension. It seems to be probably one of the most historically accurate uh, first person shooters I've ever seen. They have veterans on the team. That fought in Iraq. They have veterans on the creative staff and they're using veterans' stories to tell the campaign of the game. So, wow, I am a big supporter of the project. I think, uh, which listed on Steam, you know, you got none to lose. It's free. Um, it looks real good. Check out Devil Dog Gamer playing six days in Fallujah. I can't wait. I'll probably stream that one because it looks, um, right up my alley. And, and this this is an independent game company. Um, they're, yes, they are independent. There was originally, I believe it was Konami originally pitched a game called Six Days in Fallujah in 2005 or six. and then it just got shelved for like ten years. and this new company uh, picked it up and I want to get their name right. So forgive me, I'm looking at their steam thing right now.
1: Not a problem. I'm what? just asking because
2: high, high Wire Games. Uh, what have they made before this? This is their this is their first project, actually. So, but but it is a lot of industry veterans from other companies.
1: Well, I'm I'm asking because this could be an opportunity to to maybe get some you know people in the gaming industry on on the show. Maybe. Yeah,
2: I talked I talked to a lot of indie devs. It happens when you're like shouting out indie dev stuff all the time like I try to do. Um, and I think I probably could fucking ask them for some kind of statement because the controversy is insane. So um, the left hates this game because they're saying that it's just glorifying war crimes, which it's not. They don't know what war crimes mean by and large, but that's No. Just killing somebody in a war is not a war crime. Sorry, leftists, it's just not. A war crime is uh, kind of going outside of the fucking rules of engagement, which absolutely there were some U.S. soldiers that have done that throughout history. Um, but to say that everybody that fought in Fallujah committed war crimes makes you insane to say that. So that's that's an insane thing to say, right? Uh, so... so I'll, I'll say this of, you know, not including like older war veterans. Right. So not including Vietnam vets, not including like World War II vets, anything like that. Just of our generation, millennials and, and even a little younger, the guys that fought in Fallujah are probably some of the best. Like, <laughs> think, oh, about, yeah. think about what they went up against. Ignore that the war was bullshit. I, I'm anti-war as fuck, especially Iraq. Right, I was super anti-Iraq right from the beginning but that doesn't take away the fact that what these gentlemen did was exceptional like insane like think about this do you have the balls to kick in a door where there might be people waiting to shoot you no how about to do that a thousand times in a week
1: definitely not definitely not
0: yeah
2: yeah and they did and they had to clear every fucking room of every house on every block in that whole fucking city that whole godforsaken city and you want to talk about they use white phosphorus yeah that, that, that doesn't mean that joe the private joe Schmo, committed a war crime you f- anyway well it, the not, left is it? the left is trying to bury this game I highly recommend you um, well, wishlist it on Steam. Well, of course, well, of course, of course, they're trying to bear it.
1: I mean, I mean this is the other thing. Like, for for as much as we hate, for as much as people might hate George Bush, and be against the war, there's no reason to hate the soldiers who went to who went over there because a lot of the soldiers they thought they were fighting for. You know, they, they thought the war was
2: justified. Um, I'll you know, tell you that a lot of them might not think that now either. Right. Not well, not now. But but back... the thing is, is is one thing that's universal to most, if I can't say all because there's exceptions. But most people who served is like they're just doing their job at that point. Once you're there, that's your job. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they do it like a lot of guys didn't necessarily agree with what the higher ups were doing or the politics of the day. But when they say, "Okay, this this house has five bad guys in it, we need you to go get there. They're going to go do it. And that. I don't know, you you know, people will point out, oh, well, they're just sheep or whatever. Like, there's a lot of people that hate military and veterans and will make every excuse to say they're horrible people. Um, But uh, to call all of them war criminals, it was just—I've never—and that—that was from Kotaku specifically, so it's understandable oh. that Kotaku would yeah. say that. But like all the major gaming publications, they're having a blackout on on uh, media coverage of this, which doesn't matter because, like I said, they gave the demo to all these like streamers and YouTubers, and you know what? Every single one they gave it to was a fucking veteran. Fuck you, Kotaku. You know who gets early access? <laughs> Not you. Some veterans that fucking can tell you, hey, this is a really realistic game. You know what Devil Dog Gamer said? It said he said it gave a little bit of PTSD. It was so real. Damn. <laughs> and he plays like he plays shooter games basically for a living. He plays all oh. the military shooters. Oh yeah. Well, well, that's the funny thing is like I so I know
1: guys who served over in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I, and I'm like, I, I once asked one of them, I'm like, wouldn't it like, and they have PTSD, right? That's something they struggle through. And I, and I asked them, I'm like, not to be impolite, but when playing like call of duty or something, wouldn't it that like trigger your, uh, you know, PTSD? Nah, bro. It's, it, that If anything, that's like the way I... Re- that's the way I re- fucking relax after a day at work. Like, I, I crack well, a beer and...
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, it's like the guy... It's like a race... A NASCAR driver, right? And then he plays... uh, What is it? Gran Turismo. Grand, in yeah. In his off gr- time. Yeah. You know? It's the same thing. A lot of these guys, look, they like guns. You know, you, you get into the military, you're gonna like guns. Oh, if you that- like... If you like guns, they
1: love guns.
2: Yeah, if you like guns, there's some pretty dope shooters with very realistic guns these days, and no shortage of. I mean, there's squad, there's arma. Now there's gonna be six days in Fallujah, insurgency, insurgency stance arm, CSGO to some degree. I'm not the biggest CS. I love Valve. Yeah, I'm I'm such a Valve fanboy, but CSGO is just not my jam. I hate to say it. But Six days in Fallujah, it might be, you know, and and I'm looking forward to that. It's co-op. And uh, it's it's not going to be like a story, you know, campaign game, as I understand it. It's going to be set up a mission because the map changes each time. It's going to be this was the mission. Go do this mission and then move to the next mission. And the missions are all going to be based like the briefings are going to be based on stories of uh, veterans who actually fought in Fallujah. So realistic. Hopefully it looks very realistic. looks great. I could talk. See, I'm so positive about indie games. I can talk about them all day. I talked about this longer than I talked about Blizzard being retarded or Activision being retarded. So, yeah, yeah well, you don't know... buy don't buy the Outlaw Four. go buy fucking six days of Fallujah. You'll thank me later.
1: Well, and you know, and this is the thing thing with the free-for-all, is you know, we, we've we've bitched about DeSantis and you know how bad things are under Biden, but hey, we're also talking about, uh, you know, games. Speaking of things to be positive about, about though, Max, I am quite proud of myself because I might not be as much of a troll as you or Schmuol, but I got under the skin of uh, one Stephen King or at least his uh, or at least his fanatical cult uh, readership.
2: Um, Of which of which I find myself a member, though he's gone crazy in the last few years. I've read almost every book he's ever written, including some of the ones since he's gone crazy. And guess what? Here's an unpopular Stephen King opinion. Even the stuff he puts out now, even some of the stuff that has like literal anti-Trump stuff in It's still good. He's still a good writer. Uh, He's crazy. He's a political asshole. But uh, read um, Billy Summers, which just came out recently and has a whole bunch of anti-Trump shit in it. Of course, it's like this character is pro-Trump and he's a bad person or whatever. It's not really clever okay but despite that despite how annoying i find that despite how crazy he is it's a good book so
1: so he does I like he does not like have pennywise dressed up in like a maga hat or
2: something weird like no he's that that's the thing is like he's not been on drugs in a very long time and his modern books are much more grounded in that respect there's no clowns anymore <laughs> Uh, Mr. Mercedes, as well as Billy Summers, both contain nothing supernatural at all. Well, Billy Summers has uh, like an Easter egg callback to The Shining because they're at the spot where the hotel was. And so there's like spooky paintings or whatever, but it's it's just an Easter egg. Like a lot of Stephen King's work that he writes now has no supernatural in it at all. Yes. And that's been true since like the 90s.
1: Well, well, so, you know, for the people
2: who, who but he's still a raving leftist. So go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. I,
1: I, so my my view on Stephen King is I tried to watch, I tried to read misery and I couldn't get it.
2: What an awful one to start with.
1: So oh so, oh so that's my problem. Yeah, I I started with Misery, and I'm like, Misery God.
2: Misery is a great film based on a mediocre at best novel. Yeah, the film though, the film kills it. The novel, eh, eh. she's a little more evil in the novel, but other than that, eh. okay. So
1: that that's interesting because my opinion of Stephen King
2: is wow, this guy is fucking overrated. Yeah, see, I don't think so. I think he's one of the best character writers that there is. Um, but, you know, he's he was also, like, in his prime, he was on ungodly amounts of drugs, so all that shit's weird. And now that he's off drugs, a lot of, like, his druggie-era fans don't like his new stuff. Because it's it's still character-driven, which is what I like about him. He The man writes a good character and the characters take on life of their own. And the way he said that he writes stories and is not necessarily like, okay, this is the beginning. This is the middle. This is the end. It's more like, how would this character react to this happening? And then from there, how would they react to it? That happening. So it's very character driven stories. Sometimes that works. Sometimes not so much, especially like misery where there's only really two characters. Um you can get real in depth on those two characters, but there's only two. Usually it's the interplay of, of several characters with clear but differing motivations that make like right, the stand right. the stand is one of his best for that reason because there's all these like interesting people separated from each other, many many a times having no idea what the others are doing or even if they exist, um, and then they they clash in interesting ways. Okay. That's well, that's what he's good at. Okay,
1: well fuck, I might have to get I might I might have to give him another chance. See do you, you see
2: what you did, Max? Do you see what you did? Uh I wouldn't even say so though cuz like well, unless you go to the library. Don't give him any money. I don't. I haven't in a long time. Yeah. People buy me his new book. I can't really like I got uh that Billy Summers. I got that as like a birthday present or something, but Uh, usually i don't like to give him money because he's crazy yeah well
1: so so yeah he is crazy and this is what we so so okay so back so back when i joined twitter i followed stephen king and it you know it was because he's like for those who are unfamiliar somehow uh, when you set up a brand new Twitter handle, Twitter like gives you like a bunch of suggestions of people to follow and if you like book and it and it goes based off your interests and if you like books, Stephen King is almost always one of the authors that they recommend that, that you follow by
2: default and, and and rightly so like no matter what you think oh. about him. He's oh the yeah, best, he's the best-selling author of all time, except the authors of the Bible. So I, and- it, it makes sense why he would be the one. But I do think that that's unfortunate because then they like people who are big fans of him. And uh, the first time I encountered his crazy was on Twitter. I was like, I didn't know Stephen King was out of his fucking mind. <laughs> that was interesting. yeah right so
1: right exactly so that's what i'm saying so i've been following him basically since i was on twitter and i've just slowly noticed that he's gotten like so okay so the genesis of this uh of this whole thing is right last last saturday stephen king quote tweeted dan bongino who said, uh, you know, and Dan Bongino went, went on this whole thing. He's very pro-MAGA. And Dan Bongino basically said, Joe Biden is the worst president in history or something like that. Stephen King had the audacity to quote him and say, your broken record, get a job. Right? And it was the, it was the get a job comment that really kind of worked me. And so I didn't quote read it, but I just simply replied, uh, you f- you first. And that was my reply to him. That sent the uh that sent the legion of of Stephen King fans, the deranged ones, to be like, Oh my god, this guy, you know, this sandwich guy is an idiot. He's telling the best selling, you know, author. To basically get a job, this guy is a moron. Yeah, well, now,
2: he he's telling a fucking social media mogul CEO to get a job. So who's the idiot? Well, you were you were literally throwing it right back in his face. You you're telling yeah. this tech CEO to get a job. You get a fucking job.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that that was that was my that that was my whole point. I was th- I was basically throwing his. Words right back, right back at him. Like if, like, if you don't consider Dan Bongino, like who does commentary and does all this different stuff, like that isn't whether you like him or whether you like him or not, like he does have a job.
2: Uh huh. And, so, and his job seems even more stressful since, since uh, he left Fox. It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like he slowed down (laughs) if anything. Yeah. So he, so he, so he does have,
1: he he does have an actual job, right? But Stephen King doesn't, doesn't think so. So he's like, get a job. I nearly threw it back at him and yet people, people lost.
2: Well, you, you, you all artistically play with characters in your head all day. Is that a job? Stephen King? Is it? Just because you get paid for it, does it make it a job? Yeah that
1: that that was and that that was literally why I was exp- that was what I I was
2: like trying to explain to a couple of these people and and by the way also he's got money to where if he never published another no- another novel again I mean he's not going to be hurting.
1: Yeah no that that's that's why I, that's why I find his comma that's why I find his comment on, like, Elon Musk being too rich and having too much money to be, like, quite bizarre. It's like, dude, you're literally in the same economic bracket as Elon
2: he can't. Is. He can't spend the money faster. Faster than it comes in for old books and shit. And royalties on films and shit.
1: Yeah, so... Yeah, so again, the, the get a job comment, like was it was just really you know weird coming from him and the fact that I the fact that I replied you first and that, that out of all the tweets I've tweeted on Twitter that got twelve thousand
2: well, views. It seems like you took a page out of the shmooly playbook of the simple retorts like no you or you first and uh it's extremely more effective than you think it would be like it sounds funny it sounds funny that you're gonna reply with no you or you (laughs) first or whatever and it's like nobody would do but they get so fucking mad (laughs) that that that
1: that's what that's what what surprised me is is that like is that i i tweeted so i i tweeted then i tweeted the you first thing like literally before i went to Literally before I went to bed, like I tweeted you first. I put my phone on st- on like airplane mode, went to bed, woke up, got my phone. Next thing I know, sixty uh, you know notifications on Twitter, all replies on that one tweet. It's gotten a thousand views overnight and counting. I'm like. I'm like, what the fuck? I put I put zero effort into this tweet. That's
2: and... what always happens to me. The most upvoted shit I've ever had was like a dick joke about Cap uh, about a uh, Count Dankula. Right? I made a dick joke about Count Dankula and got like ten thousand likes. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? I put zero effort into that. But yeah. uh, speaking of making people angry. Uh, It is past one in the morning and my wife is asking when I'm going to wrap this up.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Now see, now see, unlike Stephen King, she will kill you. She will. Um, Yeah. So yeah. And I sleep and it's, yeah, it's, it's one AM here too. So yeah, we've been going for a while. So, uh,
2: I think that just wraps it up, but, uh, (laughs) I feel like I made up for ducking out early the other day. We covered some fun shit. Yeah, we definitely did. Um, so, you
1: know, thanks for uh, co-hosting as always. And thanks to you folks for uh, tuning in. And uh, Silly Kelly did did say that he used the promo code from uh, Shade Ray. So good on you. I hope you got something that you liked. And uh, awesome. For everyone else, uh, you know, until next time, God bless, and we'll talk to you down the road.
0: Thanks for listening to The Whitfield Report on the NGC Network. Please visit Sam's website at www.thesamwhitfield.com and support Sam on Patreon at patreon.com slash Whitfield report until next time. God bless. God save this great nation and God freedom legacy in that order.